Yo, is this thing on? Man, whatever. Walk with me. Yo, welcome back to Walk with TFB. Tim Bryson here, and as y'all know, I'm a black millennial who is eager to have unfiltered conversation with authentic people centered on education, sport, and culture. Today, y'all are walking with me on volume seven of Tim Talks. Yes, we're back on Tim Talks. The last time I jumped on, of course, was volume six, which was back in season two, the more than a millennial season. Uh, When I jumped on last, we celebrated 9,000 total plays, total downloads, whatever the hell you want to call it, but we hit 9K. Um, So jumping on today, we're now about a month or so out from celebrating 10,000 plays, 10,000 downloads, and counting. Um, And I'm happy to share that we're continuing to not just raise the bar and raise the number of downloads and plays that are happening, but also continuing to share the stories, the experiences, and the messages that are shared on this podcast and on this platform. And so as always, before I go any further, I have to say, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank y'all, thank us, 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000 times over. Um, and so as I start this volume seven of Tim Talks, uh, be sure to go back. I'm going to listen and catch up to previous episodes, previous stories of the guests who have been on the show. Um, don't forget to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Five stars and a dope-ass review, but only if you mean it. And share the episodes, right? Share the ones that touched you. Share the ones that had an impact on you with either your family, your friends, but also within and across both your personal and professional networks. So listen, rate, review, share. And again, anyone that's been or anyone that's following the podcast on Instagram, y'all know y'all heard y'all hear that every single Sunday. Uh, so no surprise there. But it's been three months since the last Tim Talks. Um, I jumped on, I believe it was February 2nd, uh, 2021. And it's been three months, but to be honest with y'all, it has not been a coincidence, right? It's no coincidence that it's taken this long for me to jump back on the podcast. And I'm here today to explain why. As I mentioned, February 2nd uh, was the last time I jumped on the pod, but February 2nd was the second week of classes, uh, and I took a break from the podcast uh, for two whole months after that. Two whole months, I did not record an episode, didn't interview anybody, um, but just took time away from the platform. Not because I didn't enjoy it, not because I didn't love it, not because I wasn't having fun, um, but as I shared in previous uh, Tim Talk episodes, but also in interviews as well. Um, I've been spending this last, I don't know, seven, eight months trying to learn how to rest. (laughs) Just rest. And not just learning how to rest, but also, you know, figuring out what rest looks like for me personally. Because, again, it looks different for for everyone. I'm not a napper. I I realize that if I go to sleep, uh, I'm sleeping for eight hours. Well, someone tries to, (laughs) but I can't take no 30-minute nap. But during this period, right, during this time away from the podcast, I learned that rest for me is really just being still. Being still. Now, being still means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But for me, it means that I'm more aware, more cognizant, and more alert. Not just of my surroundings, but also as it relates to who I am 
at my core internally. And so being still is something I continue to think about, something I continue to practice, and something I'm continuing to learn more about as I walk in my own purpose and navigate through my own purpose journey. But through those two months, and over those last two months, really last three months since I uh, jumped back on the pod, um, I learned that being still is definitely, you know, sitting quiet. Uh, it's definitely not being as active as I want to be. Uh, but also understanding and learning that non-movement doesn't slow down my purpose, right? Doesn't slow down my purpose walk, doesn't slow down my purpose journey, doesn't slow down my purpose impact, but, but instead it protects it. And it protects it in a way that I get to spend more time with it, to nurture and to cultivate uh, both who I am and what I'm supposed to do on this earth. And so I'm continuing to share uh, my gifts and my story with the world. And so as I slowed down, I started to uncover some blind spots about myself and the world around me uh, that forced me to a place of reflection. Um, reflection that I've shared on my personal website with my most recent post is personal. And yes, it's still personal. 2020 was great, but 2021 is straight personal. Like there's no games about it. And in that reflection, um, of course, I learned a lot about myself, but this isn't my journal. This is, the, this is our podcast. But the biggest thing that I learned was there's something about privilege. And I continue, privilege continued to come up in my reflection, continue to come up uh, in my coursework. And I want to take us to our coursework, at least to my coursework, excuse me, as I, um, as y'all know, I'm a first year doc student at Maryland in the student affairs concentration. And something that I realized in this reflection, this personal reflection that I've been doing over the last several months is that I have not talked a lot about like my doc journey. And I've got a lot of feedback of like, Tim, you need to talk more about yourself or Tim, you need to say more or Tim, you need to do that, yada, yada, yada. And so I'm here to help uh, introduce this uh, to y'all and to us for that matter. Um, so as I mentioned, again, I'm a first year PhD student in the student affairs concentration at the University of Maryland, College Park. I'm in the College of Ed, of course. And throughout my mm, brief, I know brief is relative, but brief professional career, um, student athlete career development, student athlete career readiness is something that is near and dear to my heart. I'm just given the students I've met, but also uh, my own experience, both as a student and athletic training student. I'm at Coastal in South Carolina, respectively. But over the last several months, um, I've been very firm in my research interests and my research agenda, and that's studying international college athletes, particularly thinking about uh, and figuring out how I can uh, improve their experience um, as a student and as a college athlete during their undergraduate years. But through my research on international college athletes, uh, I've been confronted with this thing called American privilege, um, which is something I definitely was not fond of and hated hearing about as I continue to think about, you know, why I'm studying college athletes and particularly international college athletes. And for the longest time, especially over the last several years, you know, you know, I thought to myself, you know, I don't want to be here. Uh, let's move to Canada. Let's move to Europe. Like America's like, no, nah, they don't they don't want me here. They, my life doesn't matter here. And as I continue to talk more with international college athletes, I realized that like my privilege as an American uh, citizen, I'm um, something that many international students and many international college athletes want to experience. Not because they want to celebrate July 4th or any other American holiday um, that has its, <laughs> its troubled history. And I'll leave it there for now. 
but because an international student's livelihood and existence in, in the United States is governed by immigration laws, like literally, like governed by immigration laws. And as someone who holds American uh, citizenship status, I don't have to think about that. I don't. And so I think about, you know, why international college athletes and why am I studying international student populations? And I realized that I wanted to use my American privilege to liberate international college athlete community groups so that they're able to walk in their unique purpose. And I, and I truly believe that. I firmly believe that. And I firmly practice that. And that's what I'm using my research to do. And it's not about me being published. I don't give a fuck about being published. I hate writing APA format. Um, anyone who I've talked to over the last eight months uh, can attest to that. But I thought to myself, like, how can I use my privilege, my American privilege at that, to liberate international college athletes? Because for far too long, for way too long, their experience has been just silenced, right? Their experience has been overlooked. Their experience has been, well, their talent has been taken for granted. Um, as we continue to see an influx of international college athletes matriculate in the U.S. higher education, yet the support systems and structures that are currently in place um, do not meet their evolving needs um, as, as athletes, as students, but most importantly, as people. During this time, again, I told you I've been thinking about privilege and thinking about you know what ways do I hold privilege in which I can continue to amplify and, and deliberate other communities. Um, I had just put a call out for guests for season three. And I knew back in, I don't fucking know, probably November 2020, that season three was going to be about black businesses. I'm someone who's a visionary, someone who's always looking ahead and figuring out, you know, what's next. Uh, shout out to Drake, but figuring out what's next and how I can prepare for what's next. But I knew that season three was about black businesses. Or at least it will be about black businesses. And so when I put the call out, uh, there was uh, several people. I can't even attest to how many people, but there were a lot of people who had either thrown their personal names in or their personal businesses in and or had uh, reference uh, their friends or their homeboys and homegirls business. Uh, and I got a list. I had a list. I had a list. I had a list. I had a list. And I looked at it and I was like, yo, like, like, where the minute? <laughs> like, where are the minute? There were a lot of uh, women-owned businesses, black women-owned businesses that were on the list. And if you were to go through the history or go through um, the Instagram page, our Instagram page, you'll see that I've done a pretty decent job at making sure that, you know, all genders are represented and not just one, right? Didn't want one gender to overpower or... Um, take hold of the podcast community, understanding that there are different, many different genders that, that tune in to this podcast, uh, the weekly or when they're able to. And so naturally I was like, yo, like there's no men on this pile. Like I got to go find like black men on business. And it was about probably three days in, eh, I'll, I'll take that back. Probably three days after the first episode, after Shay's episode dropped, shout out to Shay Wajid and um, 3MC Solutions. Um, that I thought to myself, like, you know what? Like, fuck it. Like, I'm doing a black woman-owned business season, period. Unapologetic about it. Uh, episode two dropped, and now it's Crystal Peterson. Shout out to Crystal and Crystal Creates. 
And I'll never forget, my mom calls me every Tuesday after she, after she listens to the episode and was, you know, talking to me about Crystal's episode. You know, I really want to buy her art, yada, yada, yada. And I said, yo, mom, like, this season, I think I'm going to do Black women-owned businesses. <laughs> and my mom is someone, she loves when I tell her, you know, secrets or things ahead of time. And I can't even remember what she said. And I wasn't even looking for validation uh, in that conversation. But I was like, yo, I had to tell somebody this. Like, because this is something that's been on my heart uh, now for about a week. And I really think that this could be a season. And I really believe that it could be a season that would be special. So I told her, and I believe she said something to the tune of, like, all right, I look forward to the yacht, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And um, that's when I made the decision. And I said, I could not go any further in our season together, season three, without explaining why that is. Like why I chose and why I'm choosing to only focus on black women-owned businesses during the Buy Black season. Because let's be clear, I told y'all before, I forget which episode it was, but that this podcast is a black podcast. Um, and so it's no coincidence that all of our guests that have been on the show are black people, are black humans, are black excellence, are black magic, are black joy, and are black history. And so season three, again, it's no coincidence, but that season three is focused on black women own businesses period like that's it and i'm unapologetic about that because i am right i don't know i don't owe anyone an explanation you don't know anyone an explanation we don't know anyone an explanation as to why um, that is and why we're choosing um to only focus on black women owned businesses but i want to share a couple a couple things uh, and provide just further context to why I'm focusing on black women this, this season. And so first and foremost, black women are the reason I am who I am, but also where I am today. And of course, we can start with my mama, my black mama. We can start with my black grandmama, uh, both of whom who have uh, molded me and have uh, whooped me <laughs> um, enough, way more than enough over the last 27, shit, 28 years now um, to shape me into the person I am today. But there are so many other people, so many other black women who have had a profound impact on my life, uh, whether they knew it in the moment or not. Um, and so first, when I started at South Carolina, the University of South Carolina, uh, people like Shay Malone, Vashay Swope, now Vashay Dixon, Lauren Young, now Lauren Hunter, Nakia Strickland, and Adrian White, all of whom had an um, influential impact on like what I did, who I became while in Columbia, South Carolina. And, if, and after graduating in spring 16, I made my way to Ohio State uh, and met Miss Beth, otherwise known as future Dr. Beth Johnson, um, who didn't know what she was getting when she hired me as a, to be her GA um, at Ohio State starting fall 2016. But in addition to Beth, uh, Dr. J, who was the vice president of student affairs at Ohio State, the senior vice president of student, student life at Ohio State, excuse me, as well as Dr. Moe, who was an assistant vice president for student life, um, also had their hands um, covered over me, right? I made sure that I continue to walk in my purpose, made sure that I continue to be and become the person I am today because they saw potential in me that I didn't see myself in the moment. So after I left Ohio State, which was it was sad nonetheless, 
get to the NCA national office in uh, Indianapolis and ran into and had the opportunity to be supervised and led by Marissa Robinson, shout out to Marissa, as well as Aunt Didi, Didi Merritt. Again, two black women who I'm just eternally grateful for. Um, not just because of the fun we had, but also the the experiences they created, both for me, um, to be where I am today. And now, as a program director for Student Athlete Career Development, I'm, I'm able to be led by Huncho, otherwise known as Risa Lovelace, um, as well as Dr. Kimberly Griffin, who serves as my academic advisor for my doc program. But again, two black women who are just killing shit, yo. Like, just fucking... Just knocking that shit out of the park. And we see this every year, every semester, every day that black women don't get their dues, right? The shirts that are made. There are podcast seasons that are dedicated to uh, to, to black women because we as a as a as an industry, we as a country, we as a people aren't supporting and aren't investing in them the ways in which we need to, in the ways in which they deserve to be. And so similar to international college athletes, I was thinking, you know, I'm using my American privilege to uplift and amplify and create a new normal, creating a reality for these students. How can I use my male privilege? <laughs> How can I use my male privilege to do the same for our black women? How can I do that? Because to be honest, again, there would be no future Dr. TFB without black women. The IPA way would still be an idea if it weren't for black women. There would be no walk with TFB if not for black women. And so I accept, I appreciate, and I am forever grateful for every black woman who has had an influential presence in my young life at this point in my career. But I also recognize that it's my duty, my responsibility, and my right to give back, not only to the black community, again, black podcast, but also uplift and amplify and create a better experience, a new experience, a more equitable and sometimes equal experience for black women whose voices and experiences and stories continue to be silenced especially in 2021. I told y'all before, this is a Buy Black series, and it takes a quick Google search to identify and figure out how black women continue to be paid less than men and less than black men on the dollar. And so I'm not here to, to spit out different facts for y'all, but to simply let y'all know that this season is focused on black women-owned businesses. So the last four guests, again, Shay, Crystal, Kiara, and Mia, and the next eight or so guests are not a coincidence. This season is on purpose. And so if you listen to the first four episodes already, you know Shay talked about giving more grace to Black-owned businesses, that Crystal you know, asked the question, if not me, then who? That Kiara mentioned this money mindset, money, money mindset. And Mia's instructions was that you got to post. Just keep posting because you got to post. You got to market your own black owned business. 
And I'm so hyped and so excited to share um, the stories, the backgrounds, the businesses of other black women uh, who are both in my local and global community, um, that are both in our local and global community. Because there's a lot of dope work being done and, can, and will continue to be done by black women who just have not had the same opportunity, right? The equal opportunity or the equitable opportunity to share it. And I told y'all from the very, very, very beginning that this, that this is not my podcast, that this is our podcast, that this is our community and our platform. And I will continue to use this platform for as long as this platform exists to amplify, to uplift, and to magnify the experiences and the stories of those who have been held back, those who have been held down, and those who have been restrained from walking in their purpose and to receiving the credit that they're due and that they're owed for walking in their purpose. And so again, if you have not already, make sure you go back and listen to the last four episodes of this season. 